Hey everybody, welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Joey. And I'm Jeremy. And we're back, uh, episode 18 of season 2, you know, because that's how we're counting this now. <laughs> and yes, uh, we, yes we are. <laughs> that's how I'm counting it on my notes. Um, and you know, we have this little wager going on, this, this thing we've been trying out for the past couple of episodes where we we like pick a genre and then we each listen to said genre and try to pick a band and see who's going to be the cool guy who picked the best band and you know last week it was cornwall indie and we just had a discussion right before we started recording on whether we gonna we were going to do this at the end or the beginning and jeremy said he didn't care so we're going to do it at the beginning that works man i i poof it's been it's been one a week. It's been a fortnight, my guy. It's been two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Uh, gosh, I feel like maybe maybe this has just been the vibe that I feel like I just haven't done shit for the, for the past couple weeks, and I feel like I said that last episode, and it's it's maybe it's just going to be a, a thing. That's that's maybe maybe my slump is is overstaying its welcome longer than I would like like for it, but um. That is to say, I didn't necessarily phone this in as far as the Cornwall uh, indie goes. I didn't. I merely did not explore as much as oh my God. Uh, perhaps expected. Um, and that is that is twofold, I think. One, one fold of, of the two folds is that I found a band that I'm really satisfied with. I mm-hmm. really enjoy this band, um, genuinely. Uh, and it was like one of the first ones that I looked into. So I was like, I don't need to go further. This is it. This is as good yeah. as it gets for me. But also because, as, as mentioned, I've been in this kind of weird, weird headspace and I just haven't. I didn't listen to a lot of things that I planned on listening to. And then I listened to some things that I didn't plan on listening to. I don't know. It's just been weird. My, <laughs> I'm going to read the description of the band. Oh my God. As according to their band camp. Um, the band is called Hypophora, right? So mm-hmm. Hypophora, I don't know if you've listened, did you listen to them? I did. Okay. Well, so there, there we go. That's my pick. That was something else that I was wondering if we were going to end up with a lot of overlap because there are a lot of bands from Cornwall and in yeah. such a vague umbrella. Anyways, their band camp page says Hypophora are a fierce female fronted alt rock slash post hardcore outfit with a chaotic live show and an infatuation for blending genres with a sound somewhat resembling grunge slash early 2000s post-hardcore intertwined with snippets of funk and math rock. And I was like, okay, that's a weird description or something. And indie was nowhere to be seen in there uh, because, again, the indie blanket is kind of vague. And And it can just mean independent artist, like literally any genre. So Exactly. Um, so that's where I'm. I maybe phoned it in. Is that, is that I went with a, a pretty early thing that I that I heard, and I don't know because there are more specific genre related words. I don't know if you necessarily would consider it indie music, um, but I fucking love it. The album I listened to from them is called Douse. It's from 2018. Um, their mm-hmm. Bandcamp has a few other singles that weren't on albums, um, or at least not that I could find. Uh, from them, I think Douse was the only album that I could find from them. And I actually really enjoyed it. It gave me a lot of uh, vibes from artists that I already enjoy, um, which obviously means that I, that I enjoyed it. So that's my pick, is Douse by Hypophora. 
Well, hell yeah. So I didn't listen to, I knew that Douse was their album because I had, I had looked into a lot of the bands. I saw a music video by Hypophora. Oh, did you? I, for, I haven't. I haven't seen any of their music videos. I don't remember which song it was, mm-hmm. but uh, there's like an interpretive dancer in the middle of like the band is in a ring, like playing the song. And then there's this interpretive dancer in the middle like dancing while they're playing the song and i was just it really stuck with me (laughs) which from what i heard i liked their sound um but i can't knock you for doing what you did because i did the same thing because (laughs) so one thing that i found is this guy milo gore apparently has a lot to do with whatever their the current cornwall indie scene is he i found him popping up fucking everywhere and interesting I'll go ahead and start with the album that I picked. It's an EP called Dead Dogs and Sad Songs by Tapes, Milo Gore, and Fair. Three artists that kind of came together to make this this EP. Which Interesting. So I, I Fair was actually the first artist that I checked out uh, this best because I found a list. I think it was probably a pretty co- a pretty easy list to find. It was yeah. like the top fifty one like upcoming. Yeah. Yeah, indie Cornwall bands, and I think Fair was like the the top one of there, so I started there, and then I just started scrolling down and saying, okay, what looks interesting? And that's how I found uh, Hypophora. But that's yeah, so I, I did listen. What I did. I, t- I did listen to Fair. Um, I I couldn't I couldn't really pin it down whether or not I enjoyed it or not. Some of it was very good and like very like on point for me, I think, but a lot of it kind of just started sounding kind of bland to me. That, yeah, that was a thing that I ran into is like, which I feel like happens a lot with whatever the indie blanket that they try to say is whenever you get away from just independent artists and you get into like what the indie sound is considered. I feel like you start to get a lot of samey type of stuff where it's really just like spacey and ethereal kind of general pop rock. And it's like, yeah. I've heard, I've heard that. (laughs) I know what the, (laughs) I know that sound. There's a a million. It kind of like, it reminded me of uh, an artist named uh, Eva Ross, which I mentioned to you. I think we listened to like one of her songs Mm -hmm. after the, the beach bunny concert that we went to. Yeah. Um, And so it kind of reminded me of that, but it it didn't capture the same vibe for me. So actually I ended up switching that and listening to Eva Eva Ross instead. Um, Eva, Eva, it's EVA, but yeah. Um, yeah so I, I felt like that was a similar thing, but but less interesting to me. Um, so the I, I totally derailed. Uh, Dead dogs and sad songs. Yeah, is a great EP title. Yeah, <laughs> I, definitely. I think for this, uh, but please go on, go on and explain. Oh, just I I kind of thought the same thing about because I I'd listened to like tapes on their own and fair on their own. And Milo Gore had other projects that I'd listened to on, on, on their own. And I felt like with them three working together, I guess that's the combination that I liked about the EP. Um, but yeah, I just liked it. It was, it was pretty chill. It didn't sound like that typical spacey indie sound that I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of American and British indie bands get. Um, but I did have some runners up to oh. to this as well just see you know, i really phoned it in i didn't yeah. i was like i found my one i'm like this is good enough 
there, <laughs> there was one band that I wish I could have picked called Blue, like B-L-E-U, that they they are nowhere to be found online, except oh, really? I found, apparently back in 1999, there was a show hosted by a guy named John Peel on, I think, Channel 4 of British television. Right. And it was called Sounds of the Suburbs, and he did a, an episode specifically on Cornwall, and there was this band called Blue, and I liked their kind of rough like grungy sound and i listened to what was on the show but could not find them literally anywhere online like they had a present they had a local presence in 1999 and then nothing yeah. which which like i it if you're a local band in the 90s like you probably right that's what i was gonna say I mean, it's not <laughs> like spotify was a thing yeah you and just it's... upload your music and and get it out there so they probably just never did and by the time like YouTube came around like in 2005 or whatever, that's six years after that show aired. Like if they didn't hit it after right. the show, maybe they just were like, whatever, we're going to call it quits. Um, yeah. Or that maybe they went on and did other things or maybe. Yeah. They could all be in different bands now. Right. I, which I don't know. I don't know any of their names. I just liked their specific sound. Um, second runner up is Aphex Twin because he's from, <laughs> yeah. he's from Cornwall. And it's weird because on that Sounds of the Suburbs show that I found, just it was like maybe a month ago month and a half ago i watched a full documentary on apex twin and i saw that same interview in it which was really it was really weird to kind of come back and just find that by accident like the original source um but yeah he's from cornwall he's obviously a very a very big artist but i mean he started in a complete indie scene like the whatever fuck i don't even know what to consider what his music would be called idm is what they called it but apparently he hated that term yeah uh, <laughs> back in the day um then final runner-up it's just one song which is why i didn't do anything more with it um the band was called the fisherman's friends and they have a song called cornwall my home and it was fucking beautiful it's i don't song like for for our competition yeah you know? like I wouldn't consider it indie. I don't think they're an indie band. It's very folksy. But just like the way that they portrayed their love for where they have lived their entire lives, it was beautiful. And I wish I had that sense of home (laughs) (laughs) just at all. I feel that. (laughs) I feel that so much. Like when I was living uh, back in the Eastern time zone, um, I have friends that, that live in Louisville and they're like, I mean, even, even not Louisville people, people are passionate about their sports teams from where they are. You know, like people are, they're big on like pride of, yeah. of their hometown or home area, I guess. Um, there's, there's no, like, there's no pride to be found in the specific, like small town <laughs> that, that, that I was from. No way. You're in. Um, but it's, it's so weird. Then I'm like, I'm moving out here out West and I'm like, there's no, there's no reason for me to like share anything interesting about my hometown because there is nothing interesting about my hometown. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's no pride to be had of, of the area, but I do know people are super big into like, Hey, if, if I'm, if I'm from around here, th- this came up, um, uh, I've been watching hockey, ice hockey, NHL, uh, level hockey. And, um, 
I've been rooting for the Seattle Kraken. They're a horrible, horrible hockey yeah. team. Great. I've just been I've been rooting for them. Um, and so two of my friends from Louisville have also gotten into hockey with me, and they've been rooting for uh, the Kraken as well. Um, and the, the question was posed, if Louisville got an NHL team, would they continue rooting for Kraken, or would they root for the Louisville team? And they both agreed that they would switch, they would, they would abandon the Kraken <laughs> and root for the Louisville team. Because that's just kind of the way that I guess sports people, sports-minded people work, right? Yeah. Is, is it's it's a talent pride, like and being able to see home games is obviously a big part of that too. I would I would imagine is that it's just a convenient thing for them to be a fan of Louisville yeah. sports because they're in Louisville. Louisville used to have a minor league hockey team. I the used River to Frogs. go, yeah, the River Frogs back in the day. Used to go to those River Frogs games, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, we we've never we're not on the map like that to have a big league hockey team, right? Yeah, I mean maybe someday. I yeah. mean Seattle just now got one, so they're they're an expansion team last year. But uh, this is not the hockey podcast. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a weird tangent. <laughs> kind of what else have you been listening to, to, Jeremy? Man, it's been I don't know. It's weird. So Tovlo had a new album drop. Poppy had an EP drop. Both musicians I'm a very big fan of. We've discussed some of their works on this very podcast. And I I think they came out, we recorded the previous episode on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and then the follow, the next Friday, so a day or two later. Um, both of the, the Poppy's Stagger EP and Tovlo's Dirt Femme album dropped. And I didn't listen to them for like a week. A week and a half it just it wasn't my i've been in a weird mind space for music yeah um so i i kind of delayed listening to their albums just because i wasn't really feeling it but then i went back and listened to them poppy's stagger ep is so good it's 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 four tracks and it i guess me saying it's so good is giving it maybe higher praise than i really feel but it, it, it's kind of like a slow burn EP and that like the first track is okay. The second track is okay. And then the third and fourth tracks, just like they pick it up and the fourth track is the title track stagger. And it's just, it's such a good song. I think it really ties that whole EP together. And and it kind of ties in. I was thinking about this uh, when you mentioned watching a music video for Hypophora is because the music video for stagger kind of stands out to me. And it's this kind of interpretive dance duet thing uh, over the track which was very interesting and, and it's fun to watch Tovlo's Dirt Femme I'm, I'm still not sold on um, I did listen to it but it, it's not outside of a few like singles and like big songs um, it doesn't really ring any, any bells for me it doesn't it doesn't do anything fancy for me and it's kind of she's going for this um, 90s aesthetic like 90s pop star kind of aesthetic with it and the music is kind of reflective of that. Um, but I don't know. It just, it wasn't cutting it for me. What have you been listening to? Well, um, you know, I guess I'll start with uh, something that also kind of fell flat from me, from somebody that I like. So okay. Tallest Man on Earth put out a new album called Too Late for Edelweiss. And while I did like it, I did not connect with it. Yeah. at all like how i connect with his older stuff where it's just like instant like the first time i heard i'd say i think the first time i heard 
tallest man on earth was in maybe t- like 2012, 2013. So I think everything up to Wild Hunt had come out and I heard all of it and I loved mm-hmm. all of it instantly. And then he kind of changed his sound with Dark Bird is Home. And which I get, he went through like a divorce, like a divorce that he seems to not have wanted at all. Like it wasn't his right. choice and uh, was reeling from that. And Dark Bird is Home, it, it was darker, it was cleaner, wasn't as raw. And he kind of like changed his sound a little bit. And over time, I began to really like it. Like I liked the finger style. I liked what he had going on where it wasn't necessarily as folksy. It was more clean and Mm. I liked it. Um, Then he came out with, I love you. It's a fever dream. And the same, same thing where it was, it was even cleaner than dark bird is home. And it still ended up growing on me. There's several songs that I really, really enjoy off of it. But overall, I didn't, I don't like his new sound as much as I liked his older sound. And then too late for Edelweiss, just came out and it essentially kept going in the same direction where now it's at the point where it's like i it's like far for you perhaps. it's yeah it's it might, might be too far which he said in interviews which i watched all of his live streams and stuff over like lockdown and everything where he was do, he was constantly doing live streams for a while he was putting out like covers and stuff and just like all this super cool fan reaching out stuff. And he had, he's talked about his change in sound where he's like, I'm just not that person anymore. He was like, I can play the songs live, but I, it feels like I'm playing covers whenever I play the songs live because they're not, it's not me anymore. And like, I totally removed from it. Yeah. And like, I get that. So it might just be one of those things, unfortunately, where I connect a lot more with his older stuff. And that's just not, We've parted ways in, in <laughs> yeah. that way, which more power to you, man. Keep doing your thing. Even if like, I don't know if that's what you want for to sure. do. For, for every fan lost from changing his sound, theoretically, there is a fan gained that is that is more into his, his kind of new outlook or, or new style. Yeah. So. And the old music's still there. So yeah, exactly. Whatever. It's not like, it's not like you can't listen to it anymore. Um, Something else that I I revisited this past fortnight is the new Def Heaven album, uh, Infinite Granite. Oh, hell yeah. I've been in kind of that kind of like vibey. And this is where Poppy Stagger EP kind of ends up in this kind of vibey, spacey rock kind of, not really shoegaze, but just kind of like lots of ambience and lots of like um, chill vibes and reverb and and such like that. Um, So I, I gave the new Def Heaven album another listen and it is it's it's good i it didn't click at first because it's such a departure but i think being this far removed from like sunbather time wise like from the last time i listened to sunbather and like understanding coming back in with new expectations of it of being like okay now now i know what i'm getting into uh listening to it it's a really enjoyable album i had a lot of fun with it um just kind of kind of revisiting that and putting it on as i'm driving and stuff like that Hell yeah, Death Heaven. It's it's that time of year to just <laughs> to have that that kind of sounds going on. Which I I tried to listen to the new Panopticon album again, and I like I like like I like the sound. I will never not like the sound of Panopticon. Right. But some of the messaging on there, like listening to some of the lyrics and stuff, it's like it's teetering on the edge of like 
political stuff that like oh, it yeah. kind of puts me off of it where it's like it's very libertarian but it starts off on like a recorded rant on like immigration and stuff where it's oh. like and it's like i it's i'm gonna say this and anybody who hears me is gonna probably be like you're a fucking idiot but like <laughs> it sounds almost ambiguous enough that like i don't necessarily know it Which i don't think <laughs> yeah but i think he's leaning against it heavily against it but i don't know for a fact but it's just like hearing stuff like that in there it kind of puts me off from like the rest of the music because i'm like I could literally listen to 50 other bands that have like this type of sound. Now don't get me wrong. Like a lot of his other stuff is super cool because it has the banjo and the bluegrass elements, but all that music is there and it doesn't have weird stuff that makes right. me feel weird when I listen to it. Cause I'm like, okay, I don't necessarily agree, agree. with all this. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't sign up for all this. I just wanted to hear some banjos and, <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it's it's one thing to like separate the art from artist, but when the lyrics of the art are kind of delivering a message, yeah, you, you can't. It's very difficult to to separate. I mean, even even for me, right? I don't typically listen to lyrics first. Lyrics are are usually like an afterthought for me. But like, I I definitely understand the kind of icky feeling that you can get from like enjoying something musically even though lyrically like it's it's not necessarily what you would consider a good idea yeah it gave me the same vibes that i get whenever i listen to like christian music that same ick feeling on the inside which it's nuts because like kentucky his uh panopticon's album about the like the coal miners and like unionizing and getting like workers rights i'm all for that like 100 (laughs) percent all day but whenever you start taught like i don't know it was just it was weird because it was like a bush era recording too of like mm-hmm. a political pundit of back and i'm just like this is, this is weird man so i listened yeah. to none i went back to none the the band that we and i was just like, oh this is totally <laughs> totally a random thought um sorry going back to poppy but yeah. also tying in what you were just talking about um, I watched her, she did a what's in my bag for Amoeba. Um, and she oh, had Sun O. Sun O is in her bag. What? Which really? makes perfect sense, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, she had, she had a good variety of like weird shit in her bag. Uh, and it's, it's hard to know how much of it was genuine versus how much of it was like, oh, I'm Poppy. I'm putting on this character and this is yeah. like this would make people think I'm interesting if I pull out a black metal album or something. But, but uh, I just, that popped into my mind when you were talking about that she had like a Sono album. I was like, Oh, that's good. Good on her for, I guess, sharing it. But again, it's kind of hard to tell how much of it was genuine. I feel like at least there's with how her music has morphed. Yeah, for sure. I don't remember when she did the the thing. Um, I feel like if, if her what's in my bag video was like early poppy, then it would be more akin to be like just her trying just to be the weird. character, just yeah. the character, but definitely like with uh, flux and uh, I disagree to some, to some extent, but like flux and the new stagger EP, I can tell that she is becoming more of her genuine self. Yeah. And she's kind of, I don't know if she's necessarily tired of, I don't think tired is the right word of her character Poppy, but just she's trying to disconnect from it because of probably a lot of the drama and 
trauma <laughs> associated with uh, Corey Mixter. Yeah. All the shitty things that he did. Um, but that's why, I, I don't know, that's why Stagger works for me. It's it's a very, like, chilled out and just kind of, like, reflective thing. And, and like, the interpretive dance video was spot on. Just fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to derail. There is something else, though, um, that I've been listening to. And this is this is the big discovery for me this uh i guess it's a discovery i'm gonna call it a discovery even if it's not technically a discovery um in my funk state that i've been in not the genre funk just like the (laughs) mental funk emotional funk that i've been in i've i was thinking about the hotline miami soundtrack and i think i mentioned this in in the discord but um just like i laid down i was like i'm gonna put on the hotline miami soundtrack and there are only two tracks that stand out to me from the Hotline Miami soundtrack, um, and they're not the 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 upbeat like synthwave stuff that a lot of people like in the Hotline Miami soundtrack. It's the more weird kind of like abstract and like skewed stuff. Um, and I found out both of the tracks that I was thinking of uh, were from the same artist. His name he goes by Sun Ara. Um, so I actually went and I listened to his newest album which is called rock sutra, which is great vibes. It's, it's all like this very like strange kind of like dissociating stuff. It reminded me a bit of like gliss riffer. Um, the Dandy. Oh, album. hell yeah. It was like the first album we talked about on the podcast. Um, so if, if you're wanting something more like kind of experimental and abstract and, and kind of weird, I definitely recommend checking out Sonora because that's kind of what I've been diving into. And it's, it's like, it's good weird brain droopy like vibes for, for atmosphere and stuff so which album did you say you listened to out of his uh rock sutra rock sutra is the one that i listened to uh, it was his 2020 album um but also check out he, he has two tracks on the hotline miami soundtrack um i don't remember what they're called oh. but uh i love those tracks um i think one is horse stepping and I think Deep Cover maybe might have been on it. I'm just kind of doing some quick searching. But yeah, th- those two songs always stand out for me. When I think of the Hotline Miami soundtrack, those are the songs that I kind of think of, whereas I think a lot of people, uh, not to discredit the rest of the Hotline Miami soundtrack because it's all, it's all good, but it's a lot more like Miami Vice kind of synthwave kind of yeah. stuff, which fits the game. But th- there's those two tracks, they're just so like weird that, that like it it feels like dissociating a bit and then like it's it's kind of a surrealist like abstract experimental kind of thing for me that i really enjoyed well fuck yeah sounds like i know what i'm listening to because i've been listening i've actually been listening to dan deacon i just wasn't gonna bring it up because it's like that's nothing i have music that i just listen to all the time it's sure. like pile dan deacon 10 tricks point never gets put in there a lot and it's like his uh, Dan Deacon's, I think it was the 2020 album, Mystic Familiar, I think is what the album's called. I always for, like say it wrong, yeah. but man, <laughs> that album is just, it's so good. Maybe I'll yeah. check that out because it definitely, like, Gliss River definitely crossed my mind. It's definitely different, but I think it's in a similar, like, experimental kind of uh, area where they're, they're just kind of, like, making cool, weird, trippy sounds to, just to do it and, it's fun to just put that on and just zone out. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
Maybe that's what I'll do tomorrow. I have uh, I have a lot of RuneScaping to do, provided uh, <laughs> no work comes in. So welcome back to RuneScape Loop. <laughs> I'm Jeremy. Anything else you've been listening to? Um, I checked out nothing more. The band. I checked mm. out their self-titled album, and I think I could like it. Just at <laughs> I this specific, just at this specific moment in time, it is just too much for me. Like. It, it's too energetic, and I know that's weird because I do listen to, like, I've also been less listening to Michael Jumpshot Touchdown Pass, previously known as the Sad Joys, previously, previously known as Michael Jordan Touchdown Pass. Um, he's changed. I feel, like, I feel his, like they've come up a couple times on the podcast. They have, and it's it's Pat the Bunny's brother, mm. who who is the guy that is behind it. He's just changed his name several times recently, but. Sure. Uh, like some of that music, I guess, could be considered energetic, but it's just something about the t- the specific type of metal that nothing more is that it's like I just listen to it and I'm like, this is overwhelming. It's like I just stepped into a room with 20 people in it that are all talking and I'm just like, I'm yeah. just going to slowly leave this room. I haven't listened to a lot of nothing more. Um, I know John and Pierce are big fans. Um, yeah. I think Taylor's kind of into it now, too. Um there's one song that I have heard from them and I really, really like. So if you want my personal recommendation, maybe as a vibe check, and I feel like this song might be uh, not a good indication of their overall sound, but the song's called Just Say When from their 2017 album. Um, that song's on my Sad Boy playlist because it's, it's just like, it's, it's, a, it's kind of an acoustic, sad. Uh, it almost has um, Blue October... Uh, oh. old album vibes to it oh my in, in god some, in some ways so <laughs> that's I, that's at least where that's where my mind goes when listening to that it's, it's kind of a similar sad boy vibe i'll give it another shot because i don't think i was in the right headspace and if you're throwing blue october in here especially <laughs> foiled that's that's my fucking jam right there that's my <laughs> fucking jam <laughs> it is a good album i i actually might re-listen to that i'll, I'll join you on this nothing more endeavor Hell yeah. um, and next fortnight give you my thoughts. Cause I've honestly not really listened to nothing more. And I know their new album just came out. Um, and I think people are enjoying it. Actually, I haven't been I, paying attention yeah. as much to discord. See, but I know it got mentioned at some point. Yeah. That's yeah. That's why I picked it up. Cause <laughs> Pierce was like nothing more. And I was like, okay, right, I'll try it. Why not? I was Pierce just in bad, one of those bad moments. taste in music. Pierce, if you're listening, join us on the podcast and fight about it. But. Yeah. Come, <laughs> come, come fight two on one. Apparently take the bait. Take the bait. <laughs> nah, there's nothing wrong with liking what he likes. It's just, you know, yeah. he's just not good. So, he's just wrong. He's just so. wrong. <laughs> Anyways, we're uh, probably about time. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm if done. You guys would like to listen to our recommendations and let us know who picked the gooder album. Uh, my recommendation was Hypophora's Douse album. Joey's pick was uh, a collaboration EP from Tapes, Milo Gore, and Fair called Dead Dogs and Sad Songs, which hell is yeah. a hell of a title. And nice. I'm excited to listen to that. Um, <laughs> let us know which one you guys liked better uh, in the comments of whatever platform you're listening to us on, if there are, or send us some, some messages. Slide into our DMs. Nice. And we will be determining amongst ourselves in lieu of comments um, who wins next episode when we come back so stay in our feedback loop
Bye.